Well, let's thank the Lord for each other. Do you know what this Sunday is? This is the first Sunday of 2015. You know, Robin talked about the fact that Jesus didn't command us to do that many things. But actually, there's three passages, three chapters in Scripture that contain 85% of everything that Jesus commanded or directed or taught. Now, in other places in Scriptures, you find the same things, but 85% are encapsulated in three chapters. That's Matthew 5, 6, and 7. That section is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And as this year is unfolding, I would like to take us through the Sermon on the Mount, verse by verse. I don't teach that often, but when I do teach, I'm going to pick up where I left off the last time And we'll try to work through those three chapters, maybe in 2015, maybe 2016, because it takes a little time. The first verse, actually it's verse 3. Jesus starts off by saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Now I'd like to first talk about the kingdom of heaven. We just talked about and just sang about this everlasting life, everlasting life, everlasting life. You know, when we think of that, we think about the kingdom of heaven. But actually, Jesus tells us in Luke 17, 21, where the kingdom of heaven is. Do you remember where he says it is? He says it's within you. The kingdom of heaven is within you. But what is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of heaven? Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 14, 17, he says the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is the sum of all that's good. The kingdom of heaven is the sum of all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And each of us can experience that kingdom of heaven. We don't have to wait until we live this body and enter into the fullness of the kingdom of heaven. Father came to bring the kingdom of heaven, all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit into our hearts and our lives today. Now, Jesus says the people who will receive this kingdom of heaven, this filling of all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, are those who are poor of spirit. Now, you know, every man on this earth is poor of spirit. But all men are not blessed. So there is something more to this. And basically, it's the knowledge of our poverty. It's the knowledge of our poverty that opens us to this point where we can receive the kingdom of heaven. Now, there's two groups of people, those who are chosen and who have not yet come to Christ and those who are chosen who have come to Christ. So let's start off by those who are chosen and have not yet come to Christ. If a man walks in here this morning and believes that that he's okay and he's pretty good and he has done more good than bad and he doesn't really need a Savior, as Carl mentioned last week, you know, you may have done more good than you did bad. 
but the bad doesn't go away, and the bad still has to be judged. But that man will not experience the kingdom of heaven because he does not know his need. However, another man comes in this morning, and he feels that the things that he has done or the things that he has not done completely disqualifies him from receiving eternal life. This man understands his poverty and no amount of sin and no amount of failure can deprive him of entering into the kingdom of heaven because the kingdom of heaven is offered to those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And if you look at the people who came to Jesus, who were they? It was the blind. They wanted to see. They knew their need. It was the deaf. They knew their need. It was the lepers. You know, leprosy is probably the worst disease in the world because not only are you sick, but your loved ones, you can't be with your loved ones because they'll catch it too. So the lepers were completely isolated. The harlots, no one would choose that vocation by choice. It's out of need, out of poverty, out of no one taking care of them that they would turn to such a thing. The people who came to Jesus were those who understood their need, their poverty. And so for those who've come this morning, if you understand your poverty, if you understand you need a Savior, we've got very good news for you. Because Jesus says, anyone who comes to me, I will in no way turn from him or cast him out. And when, once a person comes and receives Christ as their Savior, then they can experience, we can experience the kingdom of heaven, all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Actually, the life of Christ itself. Now, the second group are those of us who have received Christ as Savior, and we are born again, and the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. But we might not be experiencing the kingdom of heaven. Because even though we're born again and saved, we still may be living out of our own resourcefulness, out of our own wealth, and not understanding our poverty. We may be trying to raise our children out of our own strength. We may be trying to do our jobs out of our own strength. We may be trying to do our teaching out of our own strength. We may be looking to this world for our encouragement, seeking the praise of men, seeking to be recognized for who we are, what we have, what we've done, who we know, what we look like. All these things that men of this world try to do to make themselves wealthy, Sons of Adam live in that world, but sons of God are often enticed by that world. And we find ourselves going after the same things that the sons of Adam go after. The interesting thing is, it doesn't make the sons of Adam so unhappy when they seek fulfillment in that which doesn't fulfill. But it really plagues the sons of God because we were not recreated 
to experience fulfillment in any of those things. In fact, those things are completely contrary to our new nature. So the most unhappy people in the world are not the sons of Adam because they live every day according to their nature. The most unhappy people in the world are the sons of God who live contrary to their nature. So what would it look like to be understand our spiritual poverty? Well, it means as a husband, you wake up in the morning and say, Father, I cannot be the husband to my wife that she needs. I cannot love her as Christ loved the church. The same thing for a wife who wakes up in the morning. I cannot be the wife to my husband. I'm impoverished. I need you. It's for parents to wake up and say, I cannot be the parent to Sophie and John and Linda. It's children waking up saying, I can't be a good son or a good daughter to my parents. It's waking up and saying, I cannot be a good ambassador. I cannot be a good businessman. I cannot teach apart from you. You know, actually, we can do those things, but Jesus says, apart from me, you can do nothing. (laughs) So what does he call all that stuff that we do apart from him? He just calls it nothing. But if we come to Jesus and say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, then he says to us, I never said you could. But he says, I always said I would. So if we come to him each day, each moment in our poverty and say, I can't be the husband that Kathy needs. I can't be the father, the Lars, Steve, Jane, Marianne, Mark, da-da-da-da. I can't be a son. I can't be a shepherd. I can't be a teacher. I can't be a businessman. I can't be a, a diplomat. I can't. Then Jesus says to us, I never said you could, but I always said I would. And then confess the truth that Christ in us is the perfect son, daughter, brings him pleasure all day long. Christ in us is the perfect husband, the perfect wife, the perfect father, the perfect mother, the perfect brother, the perfect teacher, the perfect businessman, the perfect diplomat. Christ in us. Paul talks about for me to live as Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives in me. In 2015, we've talked about this abiding in Christ. In 2015, I want all of us to experience truly the kingdom of heaven. All that is good. Peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And it comes when we live out of our need, when we come and live in dependence upon Jesus Christ. You know, Jesus said, apart from my Father, I can do nothing. And then he says to us, apart from me, you can do nothing. Do you know the difference between Jesus and us? He never tried to do anything apart from his Father. But you and I have learned to live out of our resourcefulness, out of our talents, our gifts, our education, our wealth. And so we have to unlearn all these things we have depended upon, all this, this wealth of talent and gifts, we have to unlearn those things. We need to delete thousands of files so we can get to this position of dependency that Jesus had upon his father. You know, the Apostle Paul, it was 17 years from his Damascus Road conversion to his first missionary journey. 17 years. What happened in those 17 years? 
deleting of files, deleting of files. And you get to Philippians, Paul says, I have learned to count all things as rubbish that I may gain or know Christ. Paul had to learn to live not out of his sufficiency, but he needed to be convinced of his absolute abject poverty spiritually that he himself would live in dependency upon Jesus. And Paul would say, for me to live as Christ and to die is actually more Christ. Christ who is my life. And what Jesus wants for each of us is for us to come to him in need, in dependency, every day and say, Jesus, I want you to live your life through me. Now, as we enter 2015, the great commandment in Scripture is abide in me. For to abide in him is to love him with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. Abide in me. And it's followed by the greatest promise in Scripture, and I will dwell, I will abide in you. Abide in me. Come to me. Make your dwelling in me. Let me be your sufficiency. And Jesus says, I will dwell in you. Someone has said he gave himself for us so he could give himself to us so he could live his life through us. We just had communion. This is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. But as we ingest that, as we take that in through centuries, we're, we're bringing the life of Christ into us. And Jesus said, I gave myself for you that I could give myself to you, that I could live my life through you. Jesus wants to live his life through each of us in 2015. But how is that going to happen? The only way it's going to happen is if we give ourselves to him without reservation. Just as he gave himself to us without reservation. Christ went to Calvary. You know, this, he pleaded three times that that cup would pass from him. But after the third plea, and he bowed his head and said, Father, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Then without reservation, Christ cast himself into hell with no grace that you and I might never have to go through anything without grace. Now, with the same lack of reservation that Christ cast himself into hell, can we, with the same lack of reservation, cast ourselves into him who is nothing but love and grace? Are you willing to, as Jesus cast himself into hell, that we might be here and live? Are you willing, am I willing, to cast myself into him who is nothing but love and grace, that he might live his life through us? Robin alluded in his prayer that if you read the paper, things are pretty dark. You know, common grace is being withdrawn from the earth. You know what common grace is? Common grace keeps things from being bad. But God is withdrawing common grace from the earth. Things are getting worse and worse and worse. The good guys are not winning. (laughs) And actually, you read the last book of the Bible, the good guys don't win. It's just that Jesus returns and puts an end to it. Now, we can spend our life's energy on fighting and cursing the darkness. But Jesus said, you are the light of the world. 
And you know what? All the darkness in the whole universe cannot extinguish the smallest ray of light. So as you and I abide in him, the light of his life will shine through us. And that, brothers and sisters, is the greatest curse to the darkness. And that's what he wants for us as a body and for all believers in 2015 is to be truly that city that's sitting on a hill that cannot be hid, that light that shines in the darkness, the very life of Christ living through you, living through me, lighting a very dark and dismal world. Now, I'm going to close this in a prayer. And I just want us to reflect on this promise that he's given us of his very life in us. And when we read John 15, we talk about you will bear much fruit. The fruit that he's talking about is the fruits of his spirit, his very life. Jesus says, I am the true vine that brings Father's life into the world. Each one of you is a branch, a very important part of me. Abide in me, and I will dwell in you. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Depart from me, and you will wither. But if you abide in me, I will dwell in you, and my life will flow through you. And this is my Father glorified, that my life manifests itself in you. And in so doing, you'll be just like me, Jesus said, because Father's life manifests itself in me. Let us pray. Father, uh, who art in heaven, holy, holy, holy be your name. May your kingdom, all that is good, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, may it come into us. May your will be done with us and to us and through us, just as it is done in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and upon yourself to feed. And as you have forgiven us all of our trespasses in Christ, empower us to forgive all who will ever trespass or sin against us. And lead us away from temptation, but deliver us by your strong arm from our flesh and from the evil to come and from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.